Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 425. On this episode, we're talking about TV we are thankful for. First up, we'll be talking about three shows we've watched uh, this past year, uh, and then two more shows that could be, maybe we watched them this year, maybe we watched them 10 years ago. Who knows? We'll find out. And then lastly... One show that we're uh, looking forward to its return or uh, its premiere in the near future. Uh, as always, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 425. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. I'm Kyle from noreruns.net. And I'm Lynn from TV Times 3. Well, thank you uh, both for joining me to talk a little... Uh, well, not necessarily Thanksgiving TV, but TV we're thankful for as we hit Thanksgiving here in the U.S. For us here, it'll be our th- second Thanksgiving because we did Canadian Thanksgiving already back in October. Woohoo! Double turkey. That's the uh, that's the thing. Please tell me we're not going to do 10 days of turkey leftover. <laughs> 10 days of turkey. Well, that wasn't I bought all. a 13-pound turkey just for myself, so <laughs> I'm going to be having a lot of turkey. <laughs> we have recipes for yeah, you, Kyle. Kyle's going to – that's the uh, – you just need to do the gump, gumpification of turkey so you can have your, your, your turkey gumbo and your turkey sandwich and your turkey soup and – I did already buy all the spice to make turkey soup afterwards, but I'm going to need some other middle ideas, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a good time of year for soup, but yeah, that's a lot of soup. No, babe, the problem was last time was that for whatever reason, we had chicken like three days in a row before we cooked a 12-pound turkey for the two of us and then ate turkey for like the rest of the So it ended up being like, 10 or 11 days straight of poultry, not just the the turkey. So, yeah, that was quite the uh, thing. But, yeah, bought a 20-pound turkey this time, so... Uh, <laughs> gobble, but, gobble. But with the goal of actually sharing some of it with my parents and sister, so that's... Uh, uh, otherwise, we'd be looking at, like, 20 days <laughs> of turkey... <laughs> We'll be spreading feathers at the end of it. <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, with that, you also get the stuffing and uh, the mashed potatoes and the desserts. Lots of TV, which is what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, usually lots of time to watch TV because uh, most of the time, and this year as well, even though no shows started later, they're still kind of ending their yeah, fall next week, run. Tons of stuff ends. There was a there was stuff that yeah that it's already played its its final episode until like next year. Or, and I think like was it this week or is it next week that like I think it was this week maybe that like the Good Doctor played like its last episode till till next year. And I was like, wait, you've it's. You've only played five episodes, like really? In your- well, there were some show that only did two episodes and already is done. Like this is us, I think, is already done for the year, and that only had yep. two episodes. Or 
Yeah, well, so, yeah, or the, maybe three. Yeah, three because they played. Well, that was the one that they played two two episodes to open it up, and then the election was the next week, so that wasn't on on Tuesday night. And then they played an episode the week after, and then yeah, that's just a weird. That's even. And I think the blacklist only had two episodes and that's done now until next year. So it's very weird. Yeah. But also not just next year, like the end of January or something like that. Not even just like coming back like in the first week or whatever. So it's like, here's a, here's a handful of episodes. Oh, we're going to take a couple months off. Seems like, why didn't you just save those two episodes and just air uh, in case that you get another delay? Now you just keep the, <laughs> keep the stuff going. Yeah, I don't know. Just air what you have or what have you. I don't know. It seems like with some stuff that uh, since you started later, it's not like uh, a normal type of thing would be you, you sort of take this time off because people are n- not home. They're traveling, yeah. <laughs> they're at parties, they're going to Christmas gatherings and and uh, holidays and stuff like that. Uh, seems like this year would be a good time to air stuff because a lot less people are going anywhere and are going to be uh, home to watch stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of, a, kind of a weird thing. But with that... We'll start out with the uh, top three shows, or at least uh, the three shows uh, that you watched so far in 2020. Uh, They don't necessarily have to be a show that premiered in 2020, or it could be from any time that you just... Stuff that you've watched this year uh, that uh, you're thankful for. And uh, we'll start with you, Kyle. What's, uh, What's on your list? Okay, so I took this to mean new shows this year, which one I kind of broke that rule anyway. <laughs> but uh, so uh, my first show is Emily in Paris or Emily in Paris, as uh, apparently you're supposed to say it because it rhymes. <laughs> and that's what they were saying on social media. But I, I just found this to be just a light, fun, like fish out of water, romantic comedy. Uh, it's a Darren Star show, so if you've seen any of his shows, you know the what type of show you're gonna get. You're gonna get, and I just found it to be a, a nice escape, and you also get a little uh, trip abroad to see the sights of Paris. And uh, it's already renewed for a second season, so uh, you can actually, uh, at least for now, you never know these days. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> that's true. That's so true. And so like the number there of shows more that... to come. Yeah, the number of shows that have been uh, announced as renewed for another season, and then, oh, no, sorry, (laughs) we're not going to. They forgot to call no take backs when they signed that contract. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then my second show is actually the most recent thing I've seen, which is the Saved by the Bell reboot. Um, And so uh, I, I thought it was a very, it's, a very fun self-aware twist on the original show that doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it just has a lot of fun poking fun at the ridiculousness and shortcomings of the original show. Um, Similar to the Fuller House reboot. um, I think it's better when they don't bring in all the adults from the past, like keep them 
minimal use, which for the most part, uh, the original cast is just in it very briefly. Uh, there's Slater and Jesse who have a little more significant role. But, I mean, you get the, the mix of nostalgia and some fun callbacks to the original show, but also it's a, it's a good show in itself uh, and a more modern take on the whole Saved by the Bell. I'd say it's all right because, you know, it's uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, nicely played. I had to do that. Um, and then my, my last new show... Um, which I, I thought it was new when I was watching it. It was, uh, it's called Taskmaster. The CW had basically started to air it and then they pulled it after one episode and stuck it all on their CW seed streaming service. Uh, but it was actually, they were actually airing the seventh season of the UK show. Uh, it's basically a quiz show where they have five, um, comedians compete against each other doing these, the Taskmaster gives them all these odd puzzles and tasks to do each week, and then they get um, they get scored on how well they manage to complete the the task. And so it's, it has a lot of humor, and also you get like that little puzzle aspect, trying to figure out how you would complete these things. And some of them think way out of the box, and it's something you would never even think of. But it's a hilarious show. And like after watching that season. I found a VPN connected to the UK and binged eight more seasons from the UK. So uh, I, I, I spent a lot of hours this summer or this I don't know, summer and fall watching this uh, watching this show. So it's probably my favorite of all of the the shows I've been watching over the last eight months. And you can watch the at least one season of it on uh, the CWC streaming service. All right. How about you, Lynn? Well, I've got quite the mix, I think, from my shows. Um, I actually thought everybody was going to say Ted Lasso, so I, I almost pulled it because I thought, oh, it'll just be repetitive. But um, that was one of those shows, you know, a 10-episode series on Apple that has already been renewed for uh, second and third series, excuse me, season. But I don't remember a time when there was a series that was brimming with so much positivity, positivity without making my teeth hurt. You know, like he, Ted Lasso is played by Jason Sudeikis, who is like the producer or creator um, actor, you know, he's he, he's basically doing it all in this series, and he plays this sort of fish out of water coach, uh, football coach who goes to coach uh, a soccer in the UK slash football club, um, and uh, he's just he's just hilarious. And the one liners, like I'm sure some of it was scripted, but because of the talent that's behind this show, I'm sure a lot of it was unscripted in terms of the the quick retorts that they say which cracked me up um so that was kind of nice you know feel good show that wasn't too too sappy or syrupy and as i said gave me cavities yeah that, um, so was, that was one <laughs> i was surprised how much heart i was surprised how much heart is in that show like especially like the um like the owner i think she's the owner right the uh the woman who like starts off being like his enemy but like she really changes over the course of a season yeah and i thought they did a good job of developing all the characters like that you actually get like an arc with most of these these characters throughout the course of that season yeah i completely yeah, I agree the, 
it, it makes agree. my uh, list as well. And I thought that kind of like you just said that uh, it has that positivity. It has, um, like Kyle said, that heart, but it's, it's not that sort of uh, saccharine fake, you know, type of thing where you said, you know, like it makes your teeth hurt or it, it just rubs you the wrong way. Cause it doesn't feel like this felt. So even though it's such a bizarre type of like fish out of water story that would probably never uh, ever take place type of thing. They set up such really good motivation for each character that it seemed plausible and everybody's just really good. Uh, but the writing is fantastic. Uh, whether some of the things are, uh, you know, ad libbed or were written ahead of time, uh, some of the some of the lines that are just it's also the delivery, the way that they you know they'll answer somebody's question, but they'll throw in this sort of like one liner, but just so matter of factly and just like not necessarily as a joke, but it's like you know it's one of the funniest things you've heard in like a really long time, uh, and. Uh, you want to say your favorite line? You you well, know you want to. The one, well, See how well you deliver it. it. It's something to the effect of one of the characters was asking Ted Lasso about uh, that they had read that a lot of dogs get put down uh, in the U.S. because there's not enough homes for them or whatever. And uh, and Ted Lasso says, yes, that's true. Uh but we have a lot of female singer-songwriters working on the problem. And then he just goes on to continue talking about what he was talking about. And it just seems like such a matter of fact, you know, just, uh, oh yeah, this, but like that little bit of commentary type of joke, like in the thing that would, uh, that, that, that he would hit on between different, you know, how things are, uh, different between the US and UK or or uh those little things like that and the delivery of those things is uh so well done uh to go along with uh, everything like you said that every every of the main characters has a really good arc uh for the first season the first season sets up what I think like it's been renewed for two seasons, but I think it has a three season arc at least in it, uh, that they set up in the first season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, totally. It's, it's the one show I think, uh, that Apple has released that as actually worth like signing up for at least a month to be able to like watch, you know, or whatever, if you don't have it already, or if you're not getting it free with your iPhone, what else is on your list, Lynn? So going completely in the opposite direction, um, we found a show called Cobra on PBS, which is also on the, uh, PBS on Amazon channel, like, and on sky originally broadcast on sky one in the UK. Um, and it takes place after, uh, solar flares or something of that matter 
uh, cause a major power outages across the UK and what transpires after it. And it was, it's really, really well done. And I don't know if it's just, you know, in the age of COVID, well, you know, trying to figure out how people are doing what they're doing. Um, it was really well done. Robert Carlyle, who many people know from Train Spotting, The Full Monty, and Once Upon a Time, plays a newly elected prime minister, works with this emergency committee, I guess, which is called COBRA, as they try to bring order back to the regions. And then also, you know, like in typical dramas, navigating, you know, the disasters and dramas in their lives. And um, it was, it's just really well done. And it makes you start to to wonder, you know, with all the doom and gloom going on, like, you know, how reliant we are on power and how humans deal with a crisis. And it made me think, you know, you know, it struck me with a question, like when panic ex- ensues, like, do you see what you want to see to justify your behavior? You know, do you take that last bunch of Fresca because that's what you need so desperately? Or you take that last roll of toilet paper? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm, you know, prepping an earthquake kit or something, but it kind of makes you wonder about like what people would, would do. Um, the one thing I did find kind of interesting, well, I shouldn't say interesting. The one issue that I had kind of with it, which was like um, some other somewhat COVID related shows that were created and not that this was created for COVID is that basically everything went to hell in a handbasket in a matter of a couple of weeks. And I kind of feel like, do people not have flashlights or, you know, some extra food in their cupboard, like to start, you know, rioting and and protesting and doing all sorts of craziness um but the acting is incredible you know trying to the dilemmas of you know trying to navigate and keeping order amongst chaos was really really well done so i really like that and they you know in typical uk fashion limited series i think it's going for a second season um so it leaves you kind of wondering what will happen next and then uh, last but not least, again, kind of going off really different directions, um, is a series called Soulmates, which was an anthology. Uh, apparently, I can't speak today. An anthology series um, with sort of a sci-fi-ish uh, twist to it, um, which has been renewed for a second season on AMC. And what I love is going into a series with zero expectations and not knowing anything about it. And I'm glad that I I didn't know anything about this one. Um, It's basically looking at the future where you can go get a test. Sorry, going into the future, about 15 15 years in the future, I should say, um, where you can go get a test. It's like some sort of eye test or something to get matched up with your soulmate. And what I liked about it was it consistently makes you, you know, have conversations afterwards. Like, do you think they'd stay together with, you know, do you really believe in a soulmate? Do you think the test is real? You know, did they make the right decisions? And it's definitely not like a romantic drama series. Like at first I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be like this nice romance and uh like a love boat. <laughs> yeah not so much a love boat, but at least you know some some happy happy-go-lucky stories but every episode kind of leaves you wondering like wow you know and every and, and they're so completely different so i like the way they topped it like the the first episode and the last episode 
are kind of a nice contrast. I won't say any more, but um, that was that was one that just was so unique in the fact that some people I, I've seen, you know, uh, related to Black Mirror, which I've never seen, so I can't make any comparisons. But going into a series completely blind and uh, seeing what they come up with, especially with anthology series, I find it's kind of interesting. I thought I didn't even know it was an anthology, so I thought maybe there'd be some sort of thread throughout it, but uh, it wasn't, and it was kind of a nice different surprise something different when you watch as much tv as as we all do um to be kind of surprised about something yeah i did watch that one i thought it was interesting like all the different scenarios that they cover that you you might not have actually thought about like exactly they're married and then they discover that somebody else is their soulmate or what if they discover that their soulmate is like they've been matched, but that soulmate doesn't isn't alive anymore. So now what do they do? Now they'll never meet their soulmate. So how do you deal with these type of things? Like, and so I, I thought they found like different interesting ways to go about uh, the stories. Yeah, it definitely has that uh, Black Mirror. Like they took a Black Mirror episode and went, well, we can expand on this idea of you know, and, and find all different types of things. And then it's like almost a black mirror idea within like this soulmate idea uh, where they have so many different, you know, just in six episodes, so many different twists on, you know, potential relationships or what, what that would do uh, if you're already in a relationship or, uh, you know, cause it's like a new, you know, a new technology. So what do you do? You know, what do you do if you take the test and your match hasn't taken the test? You never, you know, you never, you never know. Like they're out there someplace or whatever, but uh, it was, it was definitely, definitely interesting. So my list uh, already talked about uh, Ted Lasso and uh, why I liked uh, that one so much. Uh, And also since Amory's not on the podcast this week, somebody had to talk about Ted Lasso uh cuz that might have been her her top 3 might have been Ted Lasso uh <laughs> Ted Lasso yeah. Ted Lasso <laughs> So yeah, I looking back at the stuff that I've watched this year, it was kind of interesting to see all the different uh like one-off episodes where I started something but then was like apparently not into it and didn't watch any more or, uh, you know, looking back, uh, have watched a lot of unscripted stuff in the, but in the weird travel sort of way of, uh, like beachfront bargain hunt and Island hunters and hometown and stuff like that. Uh, but none of those shows, for whatever reason, like even though I quite enjoyed them and I would say probably pretty thankful for them because they uh, provided some escapism over uh, where (laughs) not a lot of traveling getting done right now or over the last year. Uh, They didn't pop into my head uh, because I don't know. I still mostly think scripted TV when I think TV, like it, the, the other type of stuff doesn't uh, pop up. So uh, looking back on the list, 
the stuff that I actually watched, you know, like all of and uh, quite enjoyed uh, was stuff like uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which was super weird in that, like, going into it, I thought it was going to be like, there's no way this could be good. Like, (laughs) just based on, like, the explanation of the show, like what it was supposed to be, you're just like, what? But uh, much like uh, Ted Lasso, they created such a great arc for the the season uh, that it really plays out well, even if it's not uh, a super happy story all the time. Uh, but the the way that they work the you know the song and dance numbers into the story works really well, and uh, uh, it turned out to be like a big one of those uh, you know big surprises. Uh, type of thing. So uh, that would be uh, that would be one show, and then uh, the other show. I, I almost put that. I almost put that as my returning <laughs> yeah. show. So I'm glad it got a mention. <laughs> and to think it was on everybody's TV Deadpool. Well, yeah, because <laughs> oh, I I knew I was gonna like it, but that was why I put it on my TV Deadpool because usually <laughs> the stuff I like is the stuff. Well, see, that at the time. <laughs> When I put it on for the TV Deadpool, all I had seen of it or heard of it was just basically like the log line. Like, here's what the description of the show. Like, there was no trailer. There was no there was nothing to see, really, or, uh, you know, to know much about it. And so just the way it was explained, you're just like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. Because just in general, musicals don't translate well they don't usually work uh very well on uh, on tv as something other than a one-off episode or or something like uh you can't really name a whole lot of series that have big musical numbers added into them Cop you know rock. that uh you know Cop except rock. for you know <laughs> like a, a like smashed a, well, I'm talking about something like recently, like a Glee or something. But some Glee. of these shows, like a, a like a Glee, but even you could say like Fame back in the day or whatever. Like these are things that revolve around stories of people. Like Glee is about a Glee club, so singing High School Musical, yeah. the musical, so the like series. Those ty- those <laughs> the world's yeah, longest those title. types of things make sense, and because at least. There, it's about singing or something like that. Like even uh, oh, now it's perfect harmony. Like it sort of worked because it was about a, a you know a choir. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't get uh, another season. But when you take a show like a Zoe, this type of show, like a cop rock or something like that, where you're telling a story that doesn't really have anything to do with being around some sort of a choir or some sort of a you know performance type of thing, and you throw in musical numbers. That's where it, it gets you know lost. You know, but even <laughs> things where it's built in, it's it's sort of hit or you know really hit or miss. Uh, like what was the? There was a yeah like that Smash. lasted a, a season. Uh, oh yeah, two, that's right. Uh, two it was seasons. sort of shortened and stuff, but yeah. So like that didn't uh, 
last a lot, but most of them are, sh- you know, even in that are shows that are built around. It's built around a Broadway musical. It's built around a glee club. It's built around a choir. It's built around some song and dance team or something or whatever. Apple had a uh, Central Park an animated series this past year with that uh, was a musical, but not it wasn't like built around like musical events. It was just people would break out into song. But that was actually really enjoyable by the Bob's Burgers folks. Um, that, uh, you know, that still would fall out of the category for me, even because then it's animated. And so that gives you a different twist anyways, that it's not exactly it's the shows where you you have like the real life settings and then it breaks into like people are always are all of a sudden like singing at each other for like the die like the like the dialogue you're just like oh this um and so they worked it in you know with the her seeing what people are like giving her sort of like this weird ability type of thing and it works uh it works really well plus the cast is fantastic and uh so that was another show and then on a similar front of, uh, but this being a show that's not coming back, unfortunately, uh, the last show on my list is Bless This Mess, which had uh, started to become a, a favorite that I would, you know, would look forward to. Is that I don't know. Even Perfect Harmony had it to some extent with the the small town like eccentric characters and stuff like that. I don't know. I get drawn to those types of shows when they're done really well. And in the second season, they really, the show really started to blossom with the other characters besides the main, uh, you know, the main two, a lot of the side characters and the people you would run into in the town and stuff like that had started to become really good. And it was just a, it was just a fun show and uh, that made me laugh. So, which you can't, uh, can't really be sad about that. So those are my three shows for, they all aired pretty much <laughs> this year. Uh, but uh, for stuff watched here in 2020. So with that, we'll move on to our two shows that could be from any time. So this is, this is the time where you can talk about some favorite show from the past, or it could be a way for you to extend your top five of this year to a t- or top three to a top five. And uh, we'll go back to you, Kyle. What uh, are a couple more shows that uh, you're thankful for uh, right now? Uh, so the first one was a new to me, even though I had been around for a few years. I had received the uh, fourth season of Rick and Morty for review on on Blu-ray. And once I watched that, I instantly fell in love with the show. It's basically an animated show about this ornery, eccentric, uh, mad scientist named Rick who takes his teenage son, uh, nephew, Morty, on these adventures through like space and time and alternate dimensions and stuff always goes wrong and they always end up in trouble or or something and uh i was just impressed with how smart and intelligent the writing was uh and that coupled with like just the ridiculous over-the-top things that happen and the crude language at times 
but the mix of it is just something that I found really entertaining. Um, and so after I watched that fourth season, I went back and watched the first three seasons uh, and binge that over the course of like one weekend, I think. Um, and then similar to that, uh, this is actually a bonus show and not my second show, but similar to that, like uh, on Hulu, there was another show called Solar Opposites uh, about a family of aliens who crash land on the planet. And that's from the same creators. And it has like a, a very similar vibe and feel to the show and has some of the same voice talent. So it felt like more like an extension to that show, even though Rick and Morty has been renewed for like a whole bunch of seasons, I think. Um, but my second show was uh, I was just really happy to have uh, the a new season of The Amazing Race finally, especially where we're in lockdown. You can't <laughs> like go anywhere. Watch, At least you get to watch travel the world. Watch people the place. <laughs> you get to watch other people. Yeah, you get to watch other people travel all over the world and wish you were there. Uh, and think back to those days when you actually could go places and look forward to when you actually can again. But I, I've always enjoyed this show, um, and so I was really happy that it's finally airing. Even if this season was filmed like a year ago, uh, it's still new and fresh. So I'm happy to have that back. All right. How about you, Lynn? It's so hard to pick just two. <laughs> I am terrible. I feel like just if you do what I did at a bonus show, mix it <laughs> well, in. That's, not, that's not going to do. Pretty sure that's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know, sneak it in while you can. You know, group it in. So, you know, I probably sound like a broken record, but Friday Night Lights, I'll be forever thankful for for so many reasons because it's just, you know, personally and just as a viewer, it's just such a great show it's kind of hard to watch it with clear eyes but you leave with a full heart and well you can't lose right watching it had to be done (laughs) well i was following your lead kyle so (laughs) snuck that in there so what's what's really nice too is that it's on so many different streaming services now that i think there's like a new i don't want to say generation because it makes me feel old but a new audience that's coming to see the show and and you're seeing it like being tweeted about and and people are are gaining this new love for it which which is fantastic and it's not you know i remember when it first came out people were like oh well i don't watch football shows I'm like it's not about football it's not about football and it's not about these cookie cutter families you know where there's a mom and a dad and two kids and a white picket fence and everything you know like life is messy and family relationships are messy and they're not you know always yeah. perfect and you know, growing up, growing up in a small town where football is life and all the responsibilities that go with that or, you know, with looking after, you know, your family or taking care of your siblings or whatever is is one thing that I really loved about it. You know, you look at um, Saracen's relationship with his dad and taking care of his grandmother. And then, of course, the good old Riggins brothers family dynamic. And then, you know. Coach and Tammy, even though he became an insufferable jerk, in my opinion, in the last series, last season, and uh, kind of redeemed himself at the end. But I still think he was a bit of a jerk and no one called him on it. Um, So that would be Yeah, uh, yeah, you say like the the thing about uh, it's not a show about football that 
was always something that I was always trying to tell people. And I was like, that'd be like saying I don't want to let watch Grey's Anatomy because I'm not into medicine. You know, like, <laughs> like it's not. That's not what the show's about. It's that's just the setting for all these. It's about people having sex right. in the it's closet. A, if you, if <laughs> if, uh, if you're into sex in the on call room, in that's uh, what the show is about. Uh, but you know that's. Uh, yeah. uh, but no, that's uh, Friday Night Lights also made uh, my list of shows that I'm thankful for, and uh, and the reason I'm thankful for it is because if it wasn't. If it didn't take place and Lynn wasn't such a fan of it, she may never have gone to the ATX Television Festival, upon which we might have never met, and then we wouldn't be married right now. Oh, boy, are you <laughs> shoveling it today? Yeah. <laughs> He's looking for brownie points today. The audience is going to be like, oh, I, I can hear the gagging noises the, uh, already. Unlike um, Ted Lasso, did that come off a little too saccharine? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I think my teeth hurt. <laughs> but it's absolutely a hundred percent true. We wouldn't have met if it wasn't for Friday Night Lights, which is true. Um, and you know, Matt Laurie wouldn't have been there, you know, twenty feet away from where you proposed. So there you go. So it all comes full circle. Um, yeah. So I guess going on to the next. One that I'm yeah, going to your sneak next, in. This to is my sneak in bonus round. <laughs> to my group of shows. <laughs> to my group of shows. Yeah, definitely got to throw in some lifestyle shows. HGTV, you know, uh, loves loves Canadian stuff. Um, and my full disclosure, my some of my friends produce Hometown, which is phenomenal. Um, Beachfront, Bargain Hunt, all those beach shows kind of got me through this COVID fatigue-ish, you know, I just want to go somewhere, but I know we can't. And why can't we look at yeah, pretty the things? Same level and, as amazing race. Call it like, real estate porn. It was... Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, focused on, um, you know, like I'm trying to figure out what decorate with no money and looking at, you know, Laurel, Mississippi, where they're turning this, you know, $40,000, house into like this glorious beautiful you know piece of real estate and then looking at beachfront places um where we focused on areas not too far from us in the state of great state of washington and then focused on cottage country north of toronto which uh kept me from being super homesick uh so that was that was real you know kind of crowd pleaser for me in terms of you know what are we going to watch on TV? I think we probably binge watched it like ridiculous amounts each night. It was, we, yeah, we went through way too many episodes of that way too many. So we had to actually stop watching hometown because we were going through even the bonus editions um, too fast. So that was a nice, you know, palate cleanser for all the craziness that's been going on in the world. Um, and then I would say a series that I also came into, I wouldn't say later, but I somehow either forgot to PDR it or just kind of forgot about it was a million little things. And I think it was on my TV Deadpool a couple of years ago, um, you know, because it's like this great drama series where 
you know, it starts off that it's, you know, how these people got together after um, one of the characters suicides. And I was like, how is this going to continue on? And it's, you know, I think people made unfair comparisons to This Is Us because it was a drama series. And I have to say, I mean, This Is Us is still up there with one of my favorites, but I don't think A Million Little Things uh, gets enough credit for the incredible acting that they've done with this series. The fact that they've just made a group of friends that sort of came together in weird scenarios. They got trapped in an elevator that they've created this family that, you know, when something happens to one person, they've got a team of friends behind them who've become family um, has been, you know, just really good. And I just felt like it was like watching theater on TV. And I probably said this a million times for a million little things. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's just so well done. And I'm, I'm really loving it so far and loving the fact that for an ensemble drama, everybody's getting a kick at the can in terms of some great performances and some great storylines. All right. Well, that leaves me with one or a million more shows to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a million little shows. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think back of all, do I want to throw on like a favorite show or uh, is there some other show like uh, that I've watched this year or, you know, something else that I've watched more recently that, uh, you know, is something that is something old that I've finally watched or, or as Kyle has mentioned or, or Lynn just mentioned these uh, type of uh, lifestyle shows that uh, sort of, uh, became the you know the amazing race type escapism when you're staying home not going anywhere and definitely not traveling like we weren't going to austin this year we didn't go to san diego for comic-con we you know didn't get married in toronto you know didn't have the toronto wedding in october and uh and Subsequently, didn't go on a second honeymoon somewhere, you know, possibly tropical. So yeah, a lot, a lot of. Uh, so ended up watching some of these tropical shows or these interesting destinations, because the the thing started with the uh, using the random feature on uh, X Xfinity X One, and it threw up like. Uh, I don't even remember which one it it was some some show about uh like buying a, a home or moving to an island or something like that and there was only 7 episodes of the show and we ended up watching like all 7 and then I was just like well what else do they have and I started typing like beach or island and it turns out there's a bazillion shows uh around that and uh that started our well, spring into summer adventure of uh, traveling around the Northwest and then other places uh, checking out uh, beautiful homes on the water. And let's be honest, that ended up translating into us, as I jokingly say, going off leash <laughs> in a car, um, driving around, seeing these million dollar properties and, and finding that $5.1 million dream home that's actually yeah. three homes. <laughs> on like a... 
yeah, a weird elevated piece of property off of Lake Sammamish, which is. Uh, I thought you were gonna say that five million dollar dream home that's actually only three million dollars. It's well, like a bargain. I, th- I think at the. T- <laughs> I wonder if it's actually. I think even at the sold. time it was, it was down from original asking price of like. Uh, like five and a half or something. So yeah, it was a, a super bargain. Uh, got Black Friday sale. You better go snap that. It's the up. it's the it's the type of uh, house type thing where the guest house is the size of most people's sort of like regular a normal you know, house? like regular yeah. nice home. You know, like your your regular three bedroom. You know, like family home. Uh, is the guest house on this uh, piece of property. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I was going to say, originally I'd put down to say something like Friends, just because that like is kind of like an all-time favorite show. It's seen it so many times. You can go back and watch it even now, and a lot of it still works. But I don't know. I'm starting to think maybe more of these, uh, like, are the actual shows that you know that I'm thankful for uh, are all these uh, travel shows and even things like uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives, where you're traveling around and checking out different uh, foods. Uh, some of which are things that uh, being home a lot more and cooking a lot more, I've uh, used <laughs> to. Uh, try things out and make uh, new dishes and stuff like that after seeing something on, uh, on that. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, everybody else went with a gazillion show. So I'm going to go with, uh, all the, I had all one the, extra show. All the beach I shows. <laughs> I only had well, one extra show too. What I'll say about these, they yeah, blended what I'll say into about, each other. What I'll say about, uh, beach hunters and beachfront bargain hunt and, Island Hunters and God, I can't even remember all the name of the shows. Is Beachfront Home yeah, Island is Hunter? There, it's is, one They're big show. not really <laughs> a different show. They just have a different name on it. They they function almost identically in how they uh, how the shows work. Uh, showing off, you know, two or three properties, and then they pick one. And uh, although there was. Although I there was the one, <laughs> some drama. Although where that was didn't the, find the a house. I can't, I can't remember which twist. which one of those. Now that was the difference. Was all of a sudden there were people on this version of the show that would look at like three things and be like, "No, nope, we haven't found the one we wanted." And uh, the dumb thing of those shows was that they would come back and give like a two second. Here's the show. We here's the uh, the house we finally found, and you're like. Well, why didn't you spend more time on that, <laughs> on what you found afterwards, and instead of showing me three houses that you didn't like? But yeah, so that's what I'm gonna go with uh, is is all the escapism, uh, fluffy uh, TV uh, that we've watched this year. With that, uh, move on to the final segment, which is what are you looking forward to? Uh, as I put down, in the nearest future, uh, I mean, there's tons of things that are going to be back at some point, uh, but I kind of, for me, I just kind of look through 
what was coming in the next month or two that we know is uh, is going to come back. So what did you uh, come up with, Kyle? I went with uh, season three of Cobra Kai, which is going to be hitting Netflix in January. Um, I just really enjoyed the way that this show found like the perfect way to bring back these characters from the Karate Kid films and like turn the two-dimensional villain Johnny into an actual guy that you care about and possibly he's the hero and not the jerk and Daniel was actually the jerk the whole time and so I think it's I think it's actually a nice twist that they did and um and it has like the nostalgia factor but the way the second season ended there was like a bit of a cliffhanger so I'm I'm curious to see where the show goes and if there'll be some other characters from the from the films that uh, make an appearance in the yeah, upcoming isn't, season. Isn't uh, Cobra Kai basically uh, an extension of the premise that, uh, like uh, Barney on How I, How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> always believed that uh, Johnny was the hero of the story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so they do a good job of of showing you why Daniel is the jerk that ruined his life and not the other way around that he was the bully that kicked him when he shouldn't have during the, uh, during the tournament. Uh, all right. So, uh, how about you, Lynn? What's something you're looking forward to, uh, coming in the nearest future? I guess I am becoming really very diverse with my program choices. I go, you know, sappy dramas to crazy criminal profiling shows like prodigal son which we all saw at the atx festival in 2019 i don't even remember yeah it would have to be that year because last year was from the couch so um saw it there and had really high expectations of it and you know the last season has pro- like the first season has proved to be you know exactly what i was hoping it would be um, although my predictions after watching the pilot were completely off, um, which kind of bummed me out because I thought I had a really good idea of how the show was going to go. And I was wrong. Um, the thing that I like about it is, is like, you know, I keep when I was thinking of my list this time, I kept thinking all these questions like, you know, what would it be like if you met your soulmate? Would you do this? Would you do that? You know the family dynamics of this and, and, you know, what would you do in an emergency for Cobra and for prodigal son? It was the same thing. It's like, what would you do or what would you become if your father was a serial killer? And these uh, are the pleasant things that you think about. The pleasant things I was thinking about, but no, which is sort of like a, a weird thread. Like, you know, like that to me is somewhat the premise of the show. If you grew up, you know, in your, as a child and you're, father was arrested for being a serial killer you know how would you turn turn out and uh you know i think michael sheen could read a phone book i think at this point and i would find him fascinating he's just absolutely brilliant and i think he really kind of steps up the game of the other actors because uh the the woman who plays his daughter uh ainsley the character of ainsley she was just kind of blase through most of it. She's like journalism, you know, journalist trying to be, get the next big story or whatever. And as soon as she started working and doing scenes with Michael Sheen, like she just stepped up her game. And I'm really excited to see sort of what they do with her character next season. And I'm also 
wondering, you know, how do you keep a series like this interesting for any length of time without it becoming another crime drama? Like right now, the big issue is, you know, finding, you know, this, the, the first season was like finding out what, um, I can't even think of his, his, uh, character's name, but the leads, uh, you know, something that he kept thinking something horrible had happened that he was part of, you know, they sort of uncover that in the first season, how are they going to continue this storyline involving his father and still make it captivating where it's not going to be just a typical crime drama with some psychopath that they go talk to every once in a while. So I'm really excited to see what that is going to be like. Yeah. For, uh, for me, I kind of, I keep, I kept going back and forth looking at what was coming. There are some, uh, there are some things like Cobra Kai and things like that that are, on my list of things I want to watch because I haven't watched any of it yet, but uh, of things that I've watched, I was kind of thinking of this as things that were coming back. The two things that popped up were Prodigal Son and Pennyworth, and uh, since I knew that Lynn was going to be talking about <laughs> Prodigal Son, I decided I'd go with Pennyworth since we were all about uh, expanding out the number of shows that we're talking about so we don't all talk about the same stuff. Uh I still have a couple episodes of the first season to watch uh, to to finish it out, but um, I don't know. I just find the the setting and the way that they're doing this like heightened, tweaked, weird version of a, a historical time. It has that. Uh, that comic booky slash historical drama set piece type of thing uh, uh, is is got some interesting characters and uh, and some of the stuff that uh, goes on into it. The set pieces are fantastic, and uh, I'm looking forward to finally finishing up the first season and uh, getting more in uh, season two. That reminds me that I need to. I only watched the pilot way back at Comic Con, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta finish the first season. I saw that was coming up in like two weeks, so I gotta, I gotta try to catch up with that one. Yeah, for those of you that um, are on Instagram, I remember posting something about Pennyworth, and one of the, I think it was like one of the production designers started following me, and just the way that they've created it is incredible. Um, I'm just trying to find him. Maybe we'll find his uh his instagram but just how from a production design standpoint it's absolutely outstanding it's i think it's just absolutely gorgeous the way they've um created this environment and just from like the set the clothes everything it's just unbelievable all right uh so that uh that wraps up the shows that uh we're thankful for and what we're looking forward to uh uh, coming here in the near future. So let us know what shows are you thankful for? What are your favorite shows? What are the shows that have gotten you through uh, various lockdowns and, and whatnot over the last few months? Let us know at feedback at tvtimes3.com or in the comments on the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 425. Uh, there you can also see where you can find each of us online uh, to chat about TV or let us know what uh, shows you're looking forward to or your present potential lockdown that you may be uh, in right now. Or we'll be back 
with another episode looking at what is coming in, uh, you know, for uh, winter TV, which ap- apparently is a lot of stuff that barely happened in the fall is going to be coming back uh, in the winter. And we'll do our winter TV preview. Uh, maybe we'll sneak in another episode before then, but uh, definitely be back for that. And uh, so we had our little preview of the preview of uh, things we're looking forward to coming, <laughs> coming. And then by uh, closer to Christmas, we'll have a good idea of everything that's and what stuff is re- going to be premiering in January, February, uh, maybe in, you know, even into March by then. And uh, we'll bring you all of that stuff. Plus uh, what we've seen, what we're looking forward to and, Thanks, uh, Lynn and Kyle, for joining me to talk about uh, TV once again. Thank you. I'm grateful for both of you. I just like to say, for all those people listening, I am so very grateful as much as I tease Mr. TVaholic himself and uh, all our ATX buddies. I am very grateful for for our TV family. I'm not sure that we did well at our Ted Lasso impersonation for uh, the show of bringing the, it's not coming off. I I think it's because it wasn't scripted as well. And we're not as a, as good of a acting team as, uh, as the, as the Ted Lasso folks. I need that uh, sort of uh, down home, you know, football coach uh, type of uh, thing with the. <laughs> oh, you can totally do that. You just need to be in the right mindset. You need to slow down the talking. And... Slow down the talking when he makes his Italian seasoning. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough uh, rambling on uh, for uh, uh, for this episode. We gotta <laughs> get right, moseying on. We gotta get going. <laughs>